My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a cloudy winter morning here in the capital, but joining us on the show today, hoping to add a little bit of brightness to affairs, is Courtney Probert, CEO of Lerma Diploma MSc, an e-learning provider which offers internationally recognised and highly clinically relevant postgrad qualifications for health professionals. Uh, Courtney, welcome and thank you for joining us on the show. Hi Scott, thanks for having me. Real pleasure having you with us, Courtney. Now, I've only given, of course, a very brief background of what it is that your business does there. But just for those listeners tuning in that might not be familiar with you and uh, what you do, um, do feel free, of course, to expand upon that because you're very relevant in the e-learning sector for healthcare, aren't you? It's essentially the crux of what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. We basically provide uh, postgraduate diplomas, masters or MSCs uh, and MBAs in a variety of, of, of different uh, topics. We're primarily focused on medical education. Uh, we started uh, with a postgraduate diploma in diabetes, and we just kept growing and growing and growing until our uh, polio of programs that we're running at this point uh, spans uh, close to 30 uh, different uh, programs. I think, I think mm. one of the things that kind of differentiates our programs uh, from a kind of traditional academic program is, is the program, rather than being run by uh, a pure academic, they're run by specialists in their field. So it, it'll be uh, a consultant endocrinologist who runs the endocrinology course. And so we're a, a professional education by professional or professional. It's quite incredible, isn't it? And the business has been on some journey since you've, of course, taken the uh, the helm as well. Um, I think it's something along the lines of 600% growth in the number of programmes that you've sort of offered, your company turnover, your staff levels. That's all gone up drastically since you've sort of come into the company, hasn't it? That's right, yeah. It's, it's, it's been quite a, uh, quite a rollercoaster ride, really, in uh, just how not, not just growing the company, but scaling the company and, and how the complexities within the organization have just got uh, uh, much, much greater. And it's, it's how we've been able to kind of cope with those complexities. That's been the challenge uh, as, as we've gone along. Mm. And I can imagine the last two years have really sort of put a spanner in the works, haven't they, in uh, some way, shape or form. Um, let's sort of talk about the uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, because I suppose it would be remiss of us not to uh, to cover that. Um, how sort of operationally has it had an effect on you in the business? It, 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 it was huge for us. As, as, as you can imagine, uh, I'd say 98% of our customers, of our students, are, are healthcare professionals and when the pandemic first hit, we realized there was a big unknown. We didn't know how this was going to affect the, the wider healthcare audience. Were, were everyone going to be called to the front lines? Was anyone going to have time to be able to study? So it, 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 it really was um, kind of blind panic at the, at the time of how to deal with that. Uh, one of the things that so we, we felt we needed to be very... Um, uh, light of foot, light of foot, and be able to to continue to make our programs applicable to uh, uh, people on the front line who are dealing with COVID uh, at the coalface. So what we've done is very quickly we went through all our um, professional pro- our, our projects and we were looking at our module assessments and making them COVID specific. And that way, what we were able to do is is refocus, regear our programs to, to 
to really meet the challenges of the healthcare professionals in their day jobs. And that that really allowed us to 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 add value and continue to add value to to the to the lives of our students, as opposed to it being um, we didn't want to get to a point where we that they felt that the education was getting in their way, that it was still adding value and and something that uh, was was worth pursuing because we wanted um, our students obviously to continue their studies. So mm. how to keep students on their programs and keep engaged and and, and keep um, keep keep logging in and keep uh, interacting with their peers. That was the, the biggest challenge, really, just making sure that we we, we worked with our end with our customers, with our end audience, and, and kept adding value and, and meeting their needs. Obviously, to do that as well, um, where we just upped and walked out of the office one Friday afternoon, and that was it. It was, it, it, it was um, the office became empty. And, and how we transitioned to being able to rem- uh, work remotely and what that meant for the staff. So, so making sure that everyone has laptops, making sure that we have the right communication in place, and, and how we 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 took that challenge on was 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 especially as we continue to grow and we were continuing to recruit as well and recruiting when everyone's in lockdown and um, that that was there was a whole bunch of uh, of, of challenges around that and I think mm. personally for me it was also a time when. Uh, uh, the, the organisation uh, I was going through an MBO, so I also done an MBO in the middle of of the lockdown as well. So, so it, it was challenges from 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 every front, really. It certainly seems the case. And um, when we're talking about sort of the working from home side of things, um, did you find that you were able to sort of maintain productivity even with everybody sort of working away at a distance? I think there's a lot of nervousness around that. Um, as you can imagine, it was new. It was a, there was unknowns, and, and and the reality of it is, I think that we were able to maintain that product productivity. Uh, the, the the side effect of it, I felt, was there was more need for communication, so it was a little more time consuming to be working from home from a management perspective. I know that the, we've had to put those extra hours in. Uh, because we're spending more time in meetings, because we're we're there's extra effort that was required for us to uh, to, to quickly be able to move uh, 100% remote. Um, I'd say basically within within a day. So so yeah, the the, uh, the productivity step kept there. We we introduced um, we we switched from using Skype when we went over to Slack, which has been a huge success. Uh, it's been, uh, and what we've done is we created groups in Slack, and everybody uh, come out to their, their departmental um, groups and would say good morning and would engage. And we introduced huddles across teams, so so people would come on and, and basically ask three questions: What did I do yesterday? What am I going to do today? And what obstacles are in my path? So we were able to set up accountability, but but also uh, I think um, equally as important was was to maintain those social relations within the organisation. What we didn't want to do was have people go home, sit on their own and feel isolated. We wanted them to maintain that because we'd always had a, a, a really positive social environment within the organisation and we wanted to maintain that. 
So, so those morning huddles, um, and, and, and also we were just clear around what our uh, governance structure was, what our meeting structure was, and, and, and how that all fitted in. So, so the, the, the expectations were set with staff, what would be required, and, and how we, we would monitor and manage really workflow uh, through the pandemic. And I can imagine with all of those sort of connectivity mechanisms in place, that played a big part in sort of maintaining morale and sort of making sure that everybody was in the right sort of mental headspace, didn't it? Because that's something we've been talking an awful lot more about over the last couple of years, the value and the importance of prioritising our mental health and keeping those communication channels open. That will have been a huge part of making sure that that was where it should be. Yeah, I... I, I... I really felt in the beginning it was both unnerving and exciting. It was it was new and nobody knew what was happening. What what where, where it really began to um, to kick in was was when the second of them when it all just became a bit of a drudge. And for some members of staff who were embedded on their own, it was a bigger challenge than for people maybe who had a little bit of extra space and people in the house that they could share uh, with. So, so it wasn't an equal challenge for all staff. And, and like I say, it was, it was really important for us to make sure that, that we were supporting, we were keeping these, these channels of communication and making sure that we got that, that kind of rich environment uh, within the work, within the workplace. And given, of course, your success in sort of transitioning over to the remote framework, um, are you expecting to sort of maintain some of those mechanisms in the long term um, as part of how your business operates and maybe sort of bring that into a hybrid format? Or is it very much going to be all hands to the pump back in the office, do you think? I, I, I think what we've learned as an organisation is, is you can absolutely do this. Um, and the staff want it. Um, that. But I do personally. I believe the answer is in a hybrid model. Uh, what's what's? It's going to be a challenge. Uh, even things like Zoom meetings, which we use a lot, that we we find that you either have to be all on Zoom or all in the, in in the room together. Um, there's there's a kind of second class. Um, you're a second class attendee to the meeting if you're if you're remoting in when you have people who have that picture. In, in room communication, so so we tend to go. If if we can't all make it, then we'll just we'll just find different rooms within. Even if we're in the, the same building, we'll just all remote in uh, separately. So so it's how to deal with some of those challenges. And and the other thing is, as we become more of a hybrid remote working organisation, we um, some members of staff have realised, oh, I, I don't actually need to be in in Cardiff. So, so what we've seen is uh, some members of staff uh, migrate to Spain, some to other parts of England, and so so we've seen now a wider and wider. So it's just less. We have less local staff today, and and also recruitment really opens up mm. opportunities across recruitment where we're not necessarily looking for people who are prepared to to, to commute to Cardiff. So, so, and, and that gives us a wider um, uh, recruitment opportunity. It does. It does, doesn't it? And it also means that you're keeping sort of people's priorities at the forefront of sort of your recruitment mantra let's say because what we're seeing at the moment from a lot of businesses is that the demands of prospective employees 
from their perspective employer are starting to change they're asking a lot more in advance about um you know are working practices like remote working practices available within your company can i work from home can i have this flexibility um do you also have absolutely i mean that's that's a question you get in every every interview is Mm. what are the working from home opportunities so it's seen definitely seen as a a benefit within the, the the workforce Exactly, You've got, um, and we're finding that business leaders are really having to like sort of move with the times on that, aren't they? So, very interesting to see how that pans out indeed over the uh, the next uh, few months and years. And uh, for your business um, as well, Courtney, moving forward into um, twenty twenty two, this new year that we're in, um, where ideally would you sort of like to be by this time in twenty twenty three, and what is it that you're looking to really achieve as a company over the next twelve months? Would you say? Well, for us, we're, we're continuing with our strategy and our growth strategy is, is, is based on adding new programs and uh, and also uh, raising awareness around our existing programs. Um, and, and from a, a staffing perspective, um, I think the, the, there's been an opportunity in, in, in better understanding remote working practices. I think the challenges are going to be to make sure that there's... Uh, there's a level of oversight and accountability in place. Uh, I think you know through the me- some of the mechanisms that we, we've talked about, huddle using Slack and, and being available on Slack, that, that we've uh, we've had a degree of, of success on that. But we have had some challenges. You know, we, we have had um, some uh, members, not, not members, they were staff. They 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 they'd come in on a, a student placement, but they, for instance. You know, gone and jumped on an aeroplane, and um, and, and it was only through social media that we found they weren't actually working. So, so it's it's how do you know that the other person on the other side? And and I think to to that end, you just have to be results orientated. Mm. So, especially with some of our, our, our more technical staff. Uh, we do see that they they're not so keen to log on in the morning and uh, and have an early morning huddle, but they, they they're quite keen to to kind of hunker down at night and and really get some work in. So so how we focus on being results orientated as opposed to process orientated. There's been some challenges around that, um, especially if you're going to work with other team members who perhaps don't keep the same clock as yourself. If, you, if you're keen on working later, but how do you have that communication? So it's, it's about balance and it's about trying to find some balance. And uh, in, in Wales, we have a, a saying, take, fair play, or a little bit of give and take. And I think I think one of the things that we've had to apply through the pandemic is a, is a little bit of quarantine in, in, in our working processes. Mm, certainly makes sense from my perspective. And I suppose as well, more broadly, given sort of the state of affairs for recruitment in the healthcare sector, you know, there's a well-documented recruitment shortfall, but also a lot of goodwill toward the industry and maybe a willingness for people to sort of move into the health service. It's going to be sort of fascinating times, isn't it, over the uh, the next year, um, few months and indeed years? I certainly think so. We're, we're, we're forging new paths. Some of it's going to work, some of it's not. Uh, uh, we, we, in fact, it, it was only last week we put a survey together to staff. I think I thought the the beginning of the year would be a great time to take moment, take stock, reflect on how we've been doing over this period, and and actually um, take feedback from the staff themselves. I, I think sometimes we can be we sit in the in, in the management meetings and we have a vision of how this is being perceived. But what we wanted to make sure is we got a, a holistic look at this. 
So getting that feedback from staff, making sure that they've got a voice uh, and, and also making sure that everyone has the opportunity to, to, to put ideas forward and to, to, to make sure that they're part of the conversation. So, so engagement is a, is a, is a, is a two-way process, if you will. Mm. So, you know, this has been a kind of interesting exercise for us at the beginning of the year to, 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 to you know, to, to take stock of some of the responses that are coming in and, uh, and see what we can do to, to continue to improve, in, you know, through the next year. Absolutely interesting and indeed changing times, um, it is for sure. And I think as well, uh, Courtney, just given um, how wonderful it's been having you join us on today's show, I'd actually relish the opportunity to welcome you back onto the programme with us at some point in this next year when the picture starts to become clearer, just to see, you know, how things are coming along and how things really are changing. And hopefully there'll be some really positive news to share by that stage. Absolutely. No problem at all be wonderful it's a shame we've not got uh, more time uh, to discuss this uh, today on the program because i could genuinely speak to you all day courtney it's been wonderful having you with us and um do indeed take care and stay safe with all still going on in the world as well because we're not out of this just yet but i'm confident that we're getting there marvelous uh, it's been that lovely thank you and just to all of our regular listeners tuning into the show today um, as well I do hope that you've enjoyed listening to Courtney Probert CEO of Learner Diploma MSc and if you feel as well that you have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council then why don't you apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply until next time everyone do take care and goodbye